Welcome to the Icon Podcast. This is season six of the Icon Podcast. I am not Gianna Hearn. She is uh, out for today, but this is Michael Burns, and I'm here with Jason Alexander. Jason, how you doing? Yeah, good. Good, good. How are you, man? It's been a minute. I feel like we haven't. It has we haven't been. been We've been off for a while. We have been off for a while, even a couple of weeks longer than we intended. But, you know, life was just busy and we had other things yeah. that we needed to do. And it's, you know, we just said, you know what, we'll just wait a couple of weeks. And yeah, that's that's the beauty of a podcast. We can we can do that if we want. Uh, Gianna is super busy this month, do, off doing her NBA things and she was going to try to join us today, but we just couldn't work it into the schedule. So it's just you and I today. Right. Okay. And we are starting a new season. I'll talk about that in a minute. But before that, uh, something interesting happened to me while we were off, Jason. Are you ready for this? I think so. So you sound very excited. Yeah. We'll see. All right. So... um. I had a friend of mine, I won't say his name, and I won't say the city he lives in, but he is a a very uh, wise spiritual brother whom I have a lot of respect for. And he came up to me out of the blue. I was in another town and he said, and where he lives, and he came up and he said, do you believe in Sasquatch? I heard that you do. Okay. And I said, oh, that's interesting because I very much want to believe in Sasquatch, but, um, and I'm fascinated with it, but I haven't seen one or anything like that. And I know that he didn't know, he didn't know about your, he didn't know. No, we hadn't had that conversation somehow. Okay. Um, Wow. Clearly indicating that he's not a regular listener of our podcast. Either. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but I, I, I think his wife listens, maybe, and she might have told him. Okay, but um, so, but a great brother, and so, but he's also like this outdoorsman, right? Like he is like the quintessential. Like if the world were falling apart and ending tomorrow, he's the guy you would want to be next to because he could probably actually help you figure out how to survive. And so I, I looked at him and he kind of had this twinkle in his eye. And I said, wait a minute, did you experience something? And he goes, <laughs> well, and he proceeds to tell me he's out in the wilderness and all of this, like deep out with some guys and he's camping and he had an experience and he goes, it was weird. There was some kind of creature taking a piece of wood and hitting it on a tree. And he's like, I I know what elk sound like. I know what other animals in that area sound like. And he's like, it was clearly someone hitting a tree with a piece of wood. And I was like, do you know that is classic Sasquatch behavior? Like that's been reported hundreds and hundreds of times. Is that right? And they, they hit trees with pieces of wood to communicate. Um, okay. something, nobody knows quite why they do it. Where was this? Did he tell you? Where, where? Um, oh, I want to say it was Montana. I might be wrong on that, okay. but I think, All I right. think it was Montana. Um, and so he was like, yeah. Um, 
he said, I found out later talking to people that that's like a classic behavior. And I asked him about some other things and he told me and he's like, he's like, look, I didn't see anything, but he's like, we were close and I heard it. And I now believe in Sasquatch basically is what he was saying. That's all it took for him, huh? Wood hitting wood. Well, I mean, there's no other people around. You're way out away from people. Like what could do that? And then when you hear something like that and you go back and are corroborated with the fact that this has been reported far and wide uh, by witnesses who have heard them do it, but also seen them do it or claim to have seen them do it. I thought that was pretty exciting. I, pr- I thought you would want to hear about it, Jason. And now we can safely move you into the column of Sasquatch denier no more. Yep, that did it. That, you are now a believer. That was the missing link to my chain of belief. Yeah. I figured. <laughs> I figured. Yeah. And, you know, you would be surprised. We haven't done News of the Squatch for three seasons now. And I still have people come up to me and go, when is news of the Squatch coming back? Yeah. So consider this a semi news of the Squatch. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. You're, you're overwhelmed, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if this guy, given his woodsy, um, uh, vibe got into some mushrooms back in the hills in Montana. <laughs> I do not think so. He's a very okay. level-headed guy. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you, yeah, just, you never know what that stuff, I never know how to process it because I have another friend who is a disciple of Jesus from a country in Africa. I won't say which one, cause that would probably give it away more who I'm talking about but said when he was in Africa, like he saw someone like a, a witch doctor type shape shift into an animal. Okay. He's like, he's wow. like, I've seen it with my own eyes. So uh, what do you do with things like that? When people yeah, like I've, rational I've people it, are like, yeah, yeah, people are like, I have right. seen it. I'm like, wow, that's um, man. I know eyewitness testimony can be shaky at times, but there's a certain point where when so many people have seen it, it's hard for me to yeah. explain away, especially because for me, like Sasquatch, all it would be is an undiscovered type of, you know, large ape or something like that, that we haven't quite verified its discovery yet. It's not like we're talking about, you know, aliens from another right. planet right. or, right. you know, things of that nature a, a that cherub are cherub or something like that. Some kind yeah, of that are just, right. you know, crazy, you know, or the Greek gods actually exist and they're still alive, yeah. like in Percy Jackson or something, you know, this is like, <laughs> it's just a type of animal that we haven't verified yet. That's true. That's a great point. That That's a good, so, that's a good point. That, that, and I think that silverback gorillas more. weren't even, uh, you know, discovered and confirmed until like the 20th century so is that right that's right yeah wow. i'm pretty sure it was like early 1900s wow boy they are something else too holy cow. yeah so you can see where it's at least plausible okay yeah oh i i i hear it jason i yeah. hear your skepticism flaking away yeah that did it <laughs> yeah all Testimony. right
So, Jason, can you believe that we are now entering season six of wow. the Icon Podcast? That's crazy, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think it's our third season of being the Icon Podcast since we changed okay. over. So yeah. Yeah. Um so that's that's Wait, crazy. no, no, no. That can't be right. Um I think it is. Mark. We did yeah. the, the gospel according to Mark. Right. That was Ephesians. season four. Wasn't it? Yeah. Mark and Ephesians oh, no. was season four and then Revelation oh, was, one was season, season five. Okay, all right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Then. This is the third, third one. Yeah. Yeah. So this season, what are we focusing on, Jason? Well, it's kind of a tie-in to the end of last season in a way, right? Because we are talking, we're going to spend this whole season talking about new creation. What is it? Why does it matter to us? What does the Bible say about it? How should it direct our daily lives? And and we're going to try to not just do it in theory, but like be, you know, pretty intense and thorough about here's what the new creation looks like in our beliefs, our practices, our our jobs, our marriages, our parenting, like all of that. How does new creation hit? And I think of, uh, you know, here's here's the verse I want to start us off on. At the end of his letter to Galatians, Paul says in chapter 6, verse 15, he kind of ends off his argument. And he says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. And so that's a pretty big place he gives it when he's like, this is what really counts. This is what we're going for. This is what we are trying to embody and be about and, um, you know, thrive in and all of that. So we're going to start that journey today here talking about new creation. And so when you and I were talking about this, Jason, it was interesting because I think the first conversation we had when we were kicking around the idea, you said, well, if we're going to talk about new creation, shouldn't we start with creation? And Yeah, right. Right? And yeah, I said, that's, that's an excellent point. So that is what we are going to do is start talking first about creation to frame, I think, in a way and set up our understanding of new creation. So, Jason, what do we need to understand and know about creation to help us grasp new creation? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do think the a um a kind of uh what we call it a creation faith or something like that uh is required to uh understand uh the uh the urgency and importance of the teaching called new creation uh, especially now let me, let me see- stop you right there for just yeah. a second because I, I'm pretty confident this is what you're not saying. Because when you say we have to have a creation faith, and I, I know we will unpack that, right? But I just want to say from the beginning, so 
for me and kind of the evangelical milieu in which I grew oh, up. Oh, I, I that thought you were going to maybe something. say. I thought you were going to maybe uh, say pantheism, but I know where you're going. Yeah. No, the the creation faith that I right. was sort of grew up in the the atmosphere, the culture right. was creation faith meant that yes. you read the Bible literally. There were six literal 24-hour days of creation that took right, place about right. 6,400 years ago. And dinosaurs were on the ark. And the <laughs> right, flood right. happened um, chronologically in a time after the pyramids were built somehow. But that's the way the timeline was was read in the Bible. And if you didn't believe that, you were you denied biblical authority, you denied faith, you were denying God, you were not really a Christian. And I had embraced that so much that when I first started in ministry and I wanted to start a teaching ministry, do you know what I I called my yeah, first yeah. version? No, do, I, do you I remember don't know, what I, I called it, Jason? No. I called um, it page one teaching ministries because oh, I was like, wow. boy, you gotta believe the Bible from page yeah. one. Okay. And if you don't, well, yeah. you've rejected biblical authority. Well, now, I tell you what, I agree with that, but not in the way you're, you're describing. Right. Right. Yes. So, that, no, that's so not what I mean. Creation faith. Yes. What does that mean? Yeah. So, uh, in, in um, you're t- you're talking about a specific uh, read um, on Genesis chapter one and two, but. Creation is more like in in the Bible, like a theological category, than it is just a discussion about beginnings. Now, of course, the Bible opens with creation, um, but it 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 definitely does is not limited to that. Uh, but it is important that that the the scriptures begin with creation. Mostly, I think, because something is being said about God that ought not to be misunderstood or missed or diminished. And I think the the sad thing is, in an attempt to preserve a an exciting and wonder-filled belief in creation, uh, we've diminished it by the stuff that you just described. We, we uh, become dogmatic about things that that um, really obscure the, the teaching of these uh, of say Genesis one, but creation is not limited to Genesis one. It's something that God does. He's a creator, uh, and so it's it's throughout Scripture. But you bring up a really interesting point that I almost feel like before we do do much, like deconstructing that. Um, yeah, what you just described, because um, cre- creation is, I think, in many respects, n- not a category that's front and center for for a lot of a lot. I, I don't want to say a, a lot of Christians, but a lot of the Christians I'm, you know, the 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 kinds of Christians I spend time with, the kinds of sermons and classes I hear, uh, you know, in the church. Uh, don't necessarily privilege creation, as I would argue the Bible does. Um, 
And I think it, it, it is such an important feature of the scriptures, or it's maybe feature is even too small a word, but it's it, it's uh, it's Im- its importance is seen in this emphasis on what what we've called new creation. And I think new creation, uh, especially in the exilic prophets, uh, begins to show up, and it's rooted in God as a creator. Um, but there's so let let me let me throw a couple of things at you, and maybe we can talk about it. You, you can tell me if this is, in your opinion, right or wrong. Um, but so uh, trying to think about some of the reasons why uh, maybe this view of creation, maybe you know, I think a lot of people uh, when we talk about creation, we just think of Genesis one and maybe Genesis two. But uh, so here's some of the reasons why I think it's not. Um, as big and as full of a discussion as it should be. Uh, the first is, um, I mean, these aren't, I guess, in order, but uh, we privilege discussions about redemption over creation when we talk about the Bible. Um, that is, it's a kind of like, uh, it's an anthropocentrism, right? It's a, it's a human-centered uh, approach to the Bible. Th- that is to say, we imagine that that all reality should be seen from the perspective of human existence. Um, there is a an Old Testament uh, scholar Rolf Nierim. It's German, Knierim, spelt Knierim. Uh, but he says something like, um, uh, "You know, God is not the God of creation because He's the God of human beings or of human history." Uh, but he's the God of human beings because he's the God of creation. Uh, you know, the, the most universal uh, aspect of the Lord's reign has to do with not first and foremost his, his humans and human history, but creation uh, across the board, you know, and, and care for creation. Um, so it's, it's the beginning of uh, speech about God in the Bible um, and it, 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 and, and we'll see this and maybe we'll get time. There's so much to discuss. And so I know we got, we got to get on to new creation at s- some point soon, but the, you know, you think of texts like the, the Yahweh speeches to Job, um, in, in Job, and you get the sense that humans aren't the only show in town. Uh, they're not even the first show in town. Um, and so we kind of privilege, uh, we look at the world around us from through the 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 lens of humans are the first and most important thing going on, and there's a there's a part of me that wants to say, well, that's that's legitimate. God really loves human beings, um, but that could harm our 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 way of understanding God um, uh, if we're not careful. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't. So I think that kind of like uh, n- n- not. Uh, um, not seeing God as a creator first and foremost, but thinking of him as a redeemer of human beings gets in the way. Uh, mm. I think language like spirituality, um, uh, you know, like the, a focus on the otherworldly uh, bits of reality um, in religious life can sometimes cause us to believe that a material, physical creation is penultimate. Right, it's it's second to last. It's it's not mm. the ultimate thing. Right. Um, things like heaven, uh, 
uh, in souls rather than um, a belief in resurrection, which, by the way, resurrection is deeply rooted in a substantial theology, uh, for lack of a better term, of creation. Yeah. Uh, the stupid end of the world discussions that are had, <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard, but we talked about some of that in Revelation. Um, right. Uh, they get in the way of thinking about uh, the importance of life in the created world. Uh, 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 a a uh, drifting over, uh, especially in the in the um, in our day and age, a, a drifting from uh, what we've called the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures in our preaching and teaching as preaching texts. Uh, puts us at a distance from a Israel's creation faith. And it kind of, we, what we end up with is nothing more than a, a really deep conviction about how to read the days of Genesis 1. Uh, but I think if we hear the prophets, we books like Exodus, my goodness, creation is such a major idea in the book of Exodus, which is about redemption. Uh, but creation, redemption, and law are all become intertwined. And I think the more we spend time with these uh, the, the Hebrew uh, scriptures, the more we um, are put in touch. Uh, but and then the last one, and this 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 there's not the last one, but another one that jumps into the fore for us. And I think this one is really uh, important. Uh, but you you correct me. Uh, this came from myself. Um, it has to do, yeah, the other well, stuff I'm ready I picked to correct up, you. Just go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you get ready. Um, but I think, and this again is a language thing, but it's, it's, we think of creation mostly in terms of nature. And so when we speak about the world around us, we often use the word language of nature. In fact, um, and we have an obsession with nature, and I think that's God-given. And th those of us in our part of the world who have the resources to take vacations are often trying to find the most beautiful bits of the natural world to go spend time in them. It's like we have this desire to be reabsorbed into creation or something. But, but we think of it as like getting back to nature in the natural world. I mean, that's a fine word, but I do think there's a difference between the word nature or, say, the universe uh, and the word like creation, um, be mostly because we can tend to think of nature as something that just is. It's just naturally there. It's the nature of things, whereas creation implies a creator. And so I think language like this often also gets in the way because we think of the world around us not as something that that and I want to spend some time even if we have time today just looking at a few of these these passages but uh we're in scripture God is uh like creation suggests a wise loving and and powerful God <laughs> um and so to diminish that um, and talk about it just in terms of the universe or nature rather than the work of God, uh, the fullness of his glory uh, does get in the way for us to spend much time here. So I've just described some obstacles, but what do, what do you think? I don't, uh, I don't know how many of those are helpful. No, I think it's all helpful. I think it's good stuff. You know, the tagline 
of our podcast is trained readers reflecting Jesus. And I think there could be a temptation to say, well, we've abandoned that this year because we're talking about a topic. We're talking about new creation. But I think it's deeply tied into reading the Bible faithfully, reading it the way it was intended. And one of the things you said a few minutes ago that really stuck with me is creation being a category in the Bible, an idea, right? And I think that's really key because I, and I tie that together and I say how we read the creation accounts deeply impacts when we arrive at new creation. Yes. The emphasis we give to it, how we see right. it, how we understand it, uh, those sorts of things. And so I think you're talking about some some fundamental things that we need to understand. And in a, a weird way, now now here's here's the time where, where I'll turn around and you correct me if I'm wrong. But I I think we often as modern readers can approach the text asking questions that would not have been on the minds of an ancient audience or author. So like, what are the mechanics of how the universe was created? What's the chronological um, time frame and order of how it was created? These were just things that were not important to them. Like, theology was important, why things happened, relationships. Numbers were seen more as symbols and having meaning than, you know, like this deep connection to chronology the way we have. And so uh, we tend to read those things in a in a very different way, you know, um, than the, the, the culture in which they were written was intended. You know, the other... The other night, um, I, I saw some kind of headline, and it said, "The Greek freak takes a step back because it's Dame time." <laughs> now, if you're not rooted in 21st century, probably yeah, American, that, that and like most nonsense. likely basketball yeah. culture, you have no idea what that sentence means. Right. Right. What is a, a Greek guy? Why are you calling him a freak? And dame time, is that a woman? Like, a, you know, <laughs> yeah. is that an old time right. term? For, you know, but no, it's, a, it's, it's basketball, right? It's, and if yeah. you know basketball, you know exactly what that sentence means. But you can be asking the wrong questions. Well, what kind of woman is a dame, you know, and what time is it? And we do that with Genesis. We can approach it in to- the wrong way. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the other mistakes within that then that we do is we read the say the opening chapters of Genesis, although as you pointed out, there's more creation passages than just that. But we read it asking those modern science post-enlightenment types of questions that would not have even been on the table when it was written. And we lift right. creation itself into a wrong category, as yes, though, for yes. instance, Genesis 1 and 2 is about the origins of the universe, when in fact it is about God. Yeah. And yeah. it is 
they really, you know, it's really quickly like, yeah, God created the heavens and earth. Okay, we got that down. That's really all that says. Yeah, and then we move right, right. But then we move right to the image of God passage, and we say, see, it's really all about humans. It's like, well, well, hold on. Right. So we get the wrong emphasis, and then when we want to start our theology, we really start in Genesis three. With sin and fallenness and redemption. Yes, that's that's my point. We then get to the end and we go, oh, this is about, um, you know, in Genesis 1 and 2, it just tells us how everything, when and how it started. But it's really just a backdrop set up for Genesis 3. That's where the real story starts is that we're fallen. And so then the end of the story is solely redemption and we can throw away the creation now because you, we don't need that that was you, just the yes. stage and we divorce it from everything that's going on when when in fact the bible is a story not about heaven and hell and redemption it's about heaven right. and earth and god right god taking up residence within his creation among his image bearers uh for a a a place charged with god's goodness and and glory and and that that all falls on deaf ears it really impairs our ability to hear the witness of the scriptures when we don't like you said um attempt to and and slowly i think this takes time i mean i I don't think you just read a book or do a study and you you you've you've done it but um developing a relationship with these texts and allowing them to speak as much as we can in their own terms, because it does create problems when you get this wrong. This isn't like a periphery thing where it's like, well, what matters is what we believe about Jesus. I would say, yeah, it does. But but uh, Jesus is said to be one from whom creation flows. So he's not a, a left turn or a new story. It's a consistent uh, narrative, uh, Jesus and, and creation. And when you get creation wrong, you get abuses uh, up to and including slavery and uh, all kinds of uh, misappropriations of life in God's good world, because uh, we start from the wrong place. I think of like one of the one of the most um, silly examples of someone forcing their um, view of life in the world upon the text. So like Copernicus and Galileo, when they they began to do business with the now scientific fact (laughs) that at the center of the solar system is not the earth, but the sun. And there's there's pushback um, like, well, when in the days of Joshua, uh, there was a battle and God caused the sun to sit still in the sky. And so the Bible is correct. So we know that the earth didn't stop, the sun stopped. So the sun is the thing that moves, not the earth. And it's like, that's a defense of the text in an attempt to to prove that the Bible is right and say Galileo or Copernicus is wrong, but you've just really misunderstood and made the text say something that just isn't true. And so I think we come up against things like that on a regular basis because we're so certain either of our understanding of theology uh, uh, of science or defense of a particular theology. And either will 
I mean, when you get to passages like Romans 8 and and Paul is describing something that is described throughout the Bible, honestly, it's not the first by any stretch of the imagination to say creation longs for God, right? The whole thing. Uh, the whole thing is is longing for God to come. And when that just kind of, we tuck it away, we're like, ah, he must mean heaven. Or he must mean by creation people. Uh, so, you know, so I think... I think this is an opportunity when we get to new creation, we talk about ethics or the life of faith, which flows from a, uh, an understanding of creation and new creation. Uh, we, we ha- I, I think we have to have some of this stuff in tow, uh, like on board as we, we move into it. So, No, and, you know, I just want to say, make this point is, you know, I, I, I've when it comes to language and I've used this example before, I think, but if, when we today say, Oh, you know, I, I watched the sunrise this morning. It was beautiful. Yeah. Like I literally know that's not correct language. Like that's not scientific truth. The sun doesn't rise, you know, you have orbits and all of this sort of stuff going on. But if I'm speaking to a group of people that knows what that indicates, then it makes sense. And somebody else could come in later and say like, oh, it's incorrect or it's wrong or whatever. And we and you, you can impose your own cultural understanding on language that was clear within its context. And so that happens a lot in the Bible, too. We enter into a different sort of language where God is communicating with people in a way that makes sense to them. And then we get in these arguments over we have to do all these machinations where either we claim that the biblical text is wrong or we have to do all these weird jump through weird hoops to try to defend it when, in fact, it's simply like, no, let's just read it on its terms and, you know, I was just reading um, yeah, recently, I was rereading point. a book by John Walton, and oh, he, yeah. he basically made the point that our first reading of the of the Old Testament has to be as an ancient Israelite, as, yeah. as close to that as we can approximate yeah, it. Yeah. We don't try not to read it from our perspective. We have to read it in the way they would have understood it, because otherwise we wind up distorting yeah, it sets a trajectory, and if you're you're off uh, enough, by the time you get to Jesus, you really have to, you know, either backtrack or abandon the trajectory you're on to jump over. And so, like, I, 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 I think that's really important that we. So the, the ancient Near East, um, the Greco-Roman world, those are all parts of the, the 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 toolkit, so to speak, in terms of uh, making sense of these of scripture. Um, so where do we want to start with our time left here? Do you still want to go to Psalm 19? I do. So Psalm 19, I don't want to like, dude, I could, for real, I could spend, we could spend a season for me in Psalm 19. I believe my goodness. Yeah. I I don't, so I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to even begin talking about it because it'll just get me too excited. But, um, so maybe I could mention a few things, but there's a passage I actually would love to begin with. We could we could think about it, and this is a little bit of a left field, and I'll I'll work it, bring it back to the Protestant Bible. But this is from the book of Sirah or Sirach. Um, 
which is part of the Apocrypha, which becomes an important, uh, it's a very important book in the development of discussions about creation, the presence of God, wisdom, and law. Like there's a, there's a kind of, um, a number of things are happening which bring those together, those themes in such a way that when you get to the New Testament, they almost open from that understanding. Um, but especially God's law or the way humans are to live in the created world, there's something about the created world, and I'm not going down the path of like natural theology that you don't need the Bible. You could just read creation and find God. But there's a sort of orderliness and goodness within creation, uh, which the law is consistent with. The commands of God are not in any sense at odds with the world around us, but, but actually are suggested by, and maybe, uh, uh, integrated into creation. Uh, well, that, so, that makes sense to me, Jason, because I'm, I'm preparing notes to teach a class on the old Testament coming up in a week or two. Okay. And one of the things that I'm highlighting there is that cr the creation account is really about God bringing order uh, into the created realm for relationships so that relationships can thrive and that oh, the law, yeah. the primary purpose of the law is conditions for relationships to thrive that that both creation oh, and the law yeah. are about relationship between god and man and human and human dude that's yeah i wonder if it, you can think about this but maybe we could together talk about psalm some of psalm 19 next time there won't be time today but i i think that like the law and discussion. Now we're, we're. It's almost like a real nice bridge into new creation because we're talking about a way of life connected to God as Creator. Yeah. Um, and I think what you just said is really important because, um, yeah, it's almost as if law is a, a a connection to the way things are supposed to be. It mm. it puts everything is in order except humans at some extent to some extent. And so law drags us into the very order of creation. Interesting. Um, it puts us in the right, right position before God in his world. Um, but listen to this. This is really cool. And this, yeah, so this, Psalm 19 it, next time. Where, where okay, are we at well, in This is Sirach, Sirach uh, Ecclesiasticus. It has a number of names. It's, it's uh, uh, Apocrypha, Sirach 43, and I'm looking in verse 27. Uh, okay, give me one second. All right, I'm there. Go ahead. Okay, so this is really great. He, he's he's talking about um, God's marvelous works, huge creatures in the sea. Uh, and then he says in verse 27, though we speak much, we cannot reach the end. The sum of our words is he is all. Where shall we find strength to praise him? For he is greater than all his works. And I have just always love that last sentence there for he is greater than all his works and and we'll see this in psalm 19 we'll see man i think of the great the lord reigns psalms the malach adonai psalms uh, psalm 93 through 99 where they're talking about god as the king 
And the first Psalm 93 begins with the orderliness of creation is an indication of the reign of God. Um, and the king in Israel in Psalm 72, when he is uh, connected to God's commands and Torah, creation is put right and the hills are filled with grain and the poor are taken care of. So it's this it's this idea that creation um, is... Abraham Heschel has this line that clarifies it, I think. He says that it's as if, I, I can't quote it directly, but like it says, it's as if for a spiritual person or a religious person like you and I, when we when we look at the world around us, um, it's as if the world has its back to us and its face toward God. Um, almost imagining creation as a kind of great congregation assembled in a 24-7 worship service to which you and I show up late on a regular basis, but they are already in full praise. Creation is praising God in suggesting his goodness. It's like if you look at the star in Psalm 19, it'll be the sun specifically. When you see the sun, it's showing you something about God. It's pointing beyond itself to God. So it almost becomes, I don't want to say it's a sacrament, um, but maybe, maybe that's the language. It's its pointing beyond itself, like windows toward God. And I love this. All of the works we could talk about, they talk really about the glory and power of God. And that's going to become really important for new creation. Um, uh, Jesus Christ, the cross, the resurrection, uh, greater are you than all your works. Um, and, and so while creation could maybe capture our imaginations, it, it, we could call it nature. I love nature. I love the ocean. But if we're not sensing in the created world or in the natural world, the glory of God, we're not really seeing creation. And that I'll give one personal story and then I'm going to, I'm done talking. I'll turn it over to you. But like, um, I, I've, I even recently have witnessed some of this. I remember I was having a really hard day a month ago. I don't remember what. I'm usually having a hard day. I'm a pretty emotional guy. Like <laughs> but I I went for a drive up the mountain. Uh there's a little town. Uh it's a, at about 6000 feet or something like that elevation uh, above Palm Springs called Idlewild. Um and it's a it's a beautiful drive. And as I'm driving up, you know, it becomes my my mind slows down. It's just you know these beautiful road leading up the mountain. And as I start to get toward the top, you know, the palm trees disappear pretty quick. You're left with pine trees. It's a lot more like Wisconsin or say Washington, where I lived before this. And 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 I'm up there, and I just have this sense that like man, creation is in, in many ways is undisturbed and unmoved by my problems. It's, it's old, it's large, it's firm. And whether or not I come up and visit, it's cared for and beautiful and powerful. And I just had this sense of like the world around me ministering to me, summoning me beyond myself, getting me uh, to sense God and not trivializing my pain and my frustration at the, during that day, but putting it in a context and helping me to join, I think, in a sense, creation, to use a metaphor, in gratitude and in praise. 
And I've had many Christians have had stories like that, even non-Christians have had stories like that. Um, But I think that's the idea here in Sirah. And new creation, boy, oh boy, when when we're there in Jesus Christ's resurrection, I think it's the same thing. There's, There's a contextualizing our pain, our fears, our doubts, and filling them with a hope um, that's, you know, suggested by all around us. So that, that, that would be my introduction to why creation is important. But what, what are you, what are you thinking? You have stories like that or thoughts on that or? Yes. I, I'm trying to gather my thoughts here uh, for they are, legion at this sorry point. Um, I, and i kind of was all over the place no no no. that's no that's great um perhaps i shouldn't call my thoughts a legion that makes them sound <laughs> demonic <laughs> yes, um, they are legion we are they, legion. they are many yeah. um but i think you know what comes to mind as we read in ben sira and as you were talking uh the greater is he than all his works. And for me, what that really brings to mind is that creation is about order. It is God's order for relationship. But if God is not at the helm of that king or however we want to word it, then it will it will automatically break down yes. into disorder. Like it, then it belongs to us, yes. right? Yes, dude, I and think that's we huge. become the most real actors then in this. And so when when we remove God out of the creation, and that's part of what sin does, I think that's what Genesis 3 is communicating, is there was this good creation, this good order that was brought, and and we put a, a veil there, a separation, and and removed God from it that what I've been wrestling with lately, and I, I I think this is maybe what you're getting at, but direct me if I'm off track here, is how often I won't even say we, I'll just I'll just put it on me right now. How often I reduce God to an idea. Oh, right. Right. And then yes. as long as I have the right ideas about yes, God. Right. And do the right things and believe the right ideas, then I'm good. But then the action within creation is mine to take. The, like yes. I'm still going to yeah. fix things, right? He, he's not. He's and not so, here to act anymore. He. It was an idea. Now we just uh, have to. Think right now, he about. now he puts it on me to act. Yeah. And so I don't. I don't wait for God to act. I yep. go act. So if if the church needs something, well, it needs us to figure out how to make it grow. Dude, we've got to put yeah, in the yes. work, right? Like that, that flows sort of right thing. out of this, absolutely. Like, and and so I've I've awesome. realized how how little I actually sit in the presence of God versus how much I wrestle with ideas about God. Yes. Right, right, and ideas and, like and, was this a twenty-four hour period? Though that that probably is the case. I don't know, but well, but whatever way, it is, yeah, we you know, we get like, fixated rather than the presence of God. It's about ordering our thinking about the idea of God. Yeah, and, and if that, I can then package down who God is into a good enough package, I can explain it to you, and then you can accept those ideas. Yeah. But I may not have shown you God at all. 
Uh, I, uh, man, I, you because are because now you the works are greater that, than yes. he is in a sense, rather than he being greater yeah. than the works. Does that make sense? Wow, what I'm saying? Yeah, right. If you reverse this, you get something that could sound right, but is horribly wrong. Right? Greater is, are his works than he. We can we can live and act like that, or or make creation again hang on us. Um, and new creation, man, it's called new creation. And I, I hopefully we'll get to this, but in Isaiah, when the word new creation comes up in Isaiah 65, it's building on a, on a theme. And when you get there, it's, it's unmistakable that this is a creation by the creator. This is something God has done in which we participate or live rather than something we create or even necessarily replicate. It's a work of God. And I think you're right. Depending on what we think about that <clears throat> will determine the kinds of behaviors we have, uh, whether or not prayer is necessary. Do, do we need God to do anything anymore or is it really something we can do? Uh, the church is struggling with its growth and its numbers. Do we need God to do something or do we need to do something? The answer is usually both, but it's certainly not in my understanding of this topic. It's just us who needs to do something. Um, j just us. Or even if we want to say it's just us, it's on a, a kind of borrowed, borrowed power, <laughs> right? So um, I think that's a really dangerous teaching you're getting near there. Yeah. And, you know, and I think the importance of spending the next several episodes like we're going to in, in understanding and crafting creation as a category and what it means and what it is and is, is supposed to be, I, I think of, so here's my story, Jason. I, I bought a new bed platform. I won't call it a frame. It's platforms now, right? Okay. Beds are Definitely. all about the platform. Yeah. yeah, they're stylish. And so I bought I bought a new bed platform for uh, our youngest son Elijah's room, and we we're going to move the platform he had into one of our guest rooms. But they they didn't have the platform I wanted at the store. They only had ones that are motorized, where you can move the head and foot. <laughs> and adjust it right yeah so i was like i didn't want to wait to get the other platform and it wasn't that much more expensive so you so got one said, of okay. those so i like went a ahead hospital and got bed it. well it doesn't look like a hospital bed though it looks like a cool <laughs> platform bed but it yeah. moves up and down so i've got this thing upside down and i'm trying to because now you know the other platform beds you just you take out of the box and you you know screw the legs in and you're done so this one, now there's some assembly and some work you have to do. And so I'm like listening to a podcast. I'm half paying attention. I'm kind of glancing at the the pictures and the instructions and I'm putting the motors on. And then all of a sudden I go in the last part of the motor where I had to connect it to these arms. I'm like, it just doesn't fit. Like what? <laughs> like it's there's like a, a half inch off your bed. That's where amazing. the holes are supposed to go through. You know, you're supposed to put this this uh, pin, you know, through it. And I'm like, man, they must have made this shoddy. It, it doesn't fit right because it's not I'm, you. It's it's the manufacturer, right? It's, and I'm yeah. I'm close, but I'm like, it just doesn't work. There's just something that doesn't work here. So then I was like, wait a minute, maybe I should go back to the text here. Uh, and see if I got off somewhere. 
And I went back and I realized that there's this little line at the very beginning that's like, if you put these rightly, all these pieces, they all have like green stickers on them. All the stickers will be on the same side. <laughs> and so I look at yep. my construction. That's great example, man. And yes. then you're not on the same side. I have I I have made up kind of my own construction here. So I have to go back, sort of undo it all and redo it. And as once I redid it all and then I looked carefully and like, okay, let me see what it's actually wanting me to build here. And I did it and I got to that end piece and I was like, oh, look at that. It slides right through and fits perfectly and got it done put the legs on flipped it over and the bed worked perfectly but because i had this this error at the beginning of what right. it was supposed to be it wasn't be, fitting yeah it, dude it wouldn't fit yeah. at the end it wouldn't fit That's at great. the end and i i just couldn't make it work and you know there's this moment of stress where you're like something's wrong yeah but i don't know what and i was so close jason to just giving up yeah i was like man dude that is the story that keeps on giving because i tell you we could almost use that as the the story for the the season because i think that is what a lot of christians experience in their you know uh quote unquote journey of faith, especially lately, is is exactly that. You, when you get creation wrong, you don't know what to do about new discussions of justice, right? Because justice has so mm. much to do with life and the body. But because you have no space for justice based on your reading of the text, you got to go back to the beginning. You got to go back and reevaluate what you actually thought about life and God's world if you're going to have any space or know what to do with the discussion about yes. justice. So instead, we argue about justice. We say yes. either it does or does not fit, and it certainly fits. It's a massive theme for which there is no space when heaven and redemption loom larger than creation. And so, so I that's, love that. That's the story, what you just shared. It's like you're off. Well, the and even, even more than you know, because here's what's funny is when I, when I built it all and I got to the end, it wouldn't fit. There was a part that was left over. And I was like, <laughs> well, this must, be, right. this must yeah. be an extra It's piece. never good. That, like, well, I don't it, need this. Dude, and I actually threw yeah. it over by the garbage bag. I was like, ah, oh, sometimes they just include extras. And then dude. as I went back and redid it, I was like, oh, that's where this fits. Okay, oh, now it makes see sense. See what I'm saying? That story just keeps on giving. Because think about, think about our um, hyper anxiety about sexuality as well. And, and I'm uh, – the the body is a bad thing. I think think of how many children grew up thinking sex is dirty and nasty. It has to do with the body. That all grows out of a particular view of creation. Uh, there's so many parts we don't know what to do with. They're kind of left over, dude. So I I feel like your story about assembling the bed is is really uh, some of the predicament a lot of Christians are in right now and they don't know what to do. And so some are giving up. In fact, they're junking it or they're laying on a bed that doesn't, you know, doesn't work. You know, the motor doesn't work as if you need right. a motor I thought of doing bed. that. I did. I was like, I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to flip this over and not tell Elijah that it was a motorized bed. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What that, and you know what, again, another great sermon point there. So many people are laying on a bed that has a motor. They don't know it has a motor, dude. They're just yes. laying on it like idiots. <laughs> like it's just a normal bed. 
Well, now see, now I know why God entered into my space at Sam's Club and led me to buy that particular bed. Because we'll be leaning on that story all year. Jason, I'm excited about this season. I think it's going to be uh, really fun and exciting and helpful and puzzling at times but you know stay stay with us because it it will be very practical as as we go but there's some stuff that we need to work out before we get there we got to look at the instructions correctly so that we're building this uh motor correctly so be with us next time i think we're gonna we're gonna continue this we're gonna get into some psalm 19 which Jason is clearly, as you stated, very excited about. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so that'll be exciting. Um, I am not sure. I'm going to be just straightforward and honest. I'm not sure the next couple episodes how much Gianna is going to be able to join us. Her schedule is crazy, and she is a warrior schedule juggler, and she will join us as she can. But eventually she'll be back around. But in the meantime, Jason, you and I will well, muddle yeah, we'll, on. We'll miss her. Yeah, but that, yeah, understandable. No doubt. I'm sure she would have asked some uh, really simple but important question today that we're overlooking that would have like sent us on a whole new path. But we'll get her back in here as soon as we can. If you have any questions or comments or feedback, hit us up at... Um, what is our, our email? Oh, it's iconpodcast at gmail.com. And do be looking forward uh, towards our Patreon. We're getting some new episodes coming up very soon. We get, have a series called The Misfits with Reggie Hearn, J. Brian Craig, and myself talking about uh, what you do when you just feel weird, whether it's introverted or shy or depressed or whatever, and you don't feel like you Boy, fit into church that's culture. That's my episode there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't weird. know why you, why you are not in those discussions with us, my Jason. Life we might have to have time you when, join Yeah. Him. Well, the ne- maybe the next ones I can get in on there. That sounds awesome. Let, let's do it, man. But look for those coming out. We've already recorded several of them. I think they are really good stuff. And it's really going to um, help a lot of people and connect with a lot of people. But you got to be a Patreon supporter and help Give us out here. Give me the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Way to, way to make it sound Give really me money. spiritual. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. We do have to pay the bills around here. Yeah. We that's the way we do it. Yeah. So. It's not like that pays any of my bills. So yeah. We don't, we, do we don't us, pocket so. money from that. No, we just, no. we just pay the expenses. So, um, but if you want to listen to that coming up, you have to be a Patreon supporter and we'll, we'll have a link again. We haven't put a link up for a while of how you can do that. So we'll put that in there. Thanks for joining us. And we look forward to being with you next time.